0: Sue Meyer.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer and today we're doing a part two podcast here talking about strokes. We already talked about heat stroke or sun stroke in our last podcast and this one we're talking about ischemic or hemorrhagic strokes. This is what most people think of when we talk about a stroke because a lot of people will become paralyzed and it's called the silent killer there's a lot of different names for it and um, i just find it really pertinent to talk about this right now because it's like it's a huge huge issue for sudden death in the united states and around the world and so it's definitely worth discussing here again i'm not a medical doctor i'm just going to give you some information about it and then we're going to talk about some homeopathic remedies that you can think of right away because there's nothing worse than not knowing what to do in a situation where someone could possibly be having a stroke. And the thing is, is you don't know what kind of stroke they're having. You don't know what's going on. You can't see inside their head. I think it's, like I said, definitely worth discussing. Okay, some of the manageable risk factors, what what predisposes a person possibly to either what they call an ischemic or a hemorrhagic stroke are high blood pressure, arterio- f- arterial fibrillation or AFib, High cholesterol, smoking, diabetes, poor circulation, lack of physical activity, and obesity. Okay, so if you have any of those things, (laughs) okay, I love America. (laughs) If you have any of those things, then you are at a higher risk than someone who doesn't have any of those things for a stroke. So what is a stroke? A stroke is basically a brain attack. It occurs when the blood vessels of the brain, called arteries, when the arteries of the brain are blocked or burst. So this is a little bit of a fallacy because we call it a stroke. When in reality, if they burst and it becomes a hemorrhagic stroke, it's known as a poplixy. So for those of you out there that love to use your Materia Medica in your repertory, and you're trying to look up a situation, look up a poplixy, not stroke. Because if you're not going to find anything. So you have to get that old terminology down so that you can look these things up in your your repertory. So the consequences of a stroke can be long-term, disability, and even death. What happens during a stroke? Obstruction or damage to the arteries in the brain may prevent it from getting the necessary blood supply. This can cause the brain cells to die, inflicting permanent damage. Depending on which part of the brain is damaged, an individual's ability to speak, see, and move become impaired, may become impaired. And oddly enough, the brain does, it does have the ability to heal. There's, you know, like I said, if we're given the right remedies it and the damage hasn't been too bad, they can have symptoms, but then it can actually heal once the, you know, the issue is rectified. So if it's, for instance, an ischemic stroke um, occurs when this, the blood flow through an artery is blocked, then that accounts for 87 percent of all strokes and the thing is is it can be from an injury like um, an injury of the leg Uh, say that there's a they have deep vein thrombosis or something goes on there and you have a blood clot and that blood clot breaks loose travels to the brain someone can have a stroke and die from that type of situation and then you know it could be Something in the heart break away, go to the brain, and you get, and then it gets stuck. And so then, when it gets stuck, then you have a stroke. That's why a lot of the main thing that they do for people is to put them on blood thinners. But again, that is a, that's the only thing they know how to do. Basically, most stroke situations are inoperable. But they um, they put them on blood thinners, trying to thin everything out and keep things moving through. But at the same time, that is not. That's not a viable long-term fix, so to speak, because there that in itself causes a raft of other problems. What people don't realize is that blood thinners, yeah, while well, it might bring you out of the soup in a, at the get-go, long-term blood thinners are basically like Coumadin is basically diluted rat poison. It causes you know like rat poison. The rats eat it, they bleed to death internally. So it's kind of the same theory. I mean, it's terrible to say so many people are on blood thinners. That I don't want to scare him to death, but at the same time, I would, if it was me, I would definitely be looking to my doctor say, hey, can I get on something natural? Is there something I can do to replace this? Why do I have to be on this again? You know, let's get some answers. And if people just start questioning this and looking for alternatives, it's amazing how many people could actually get off some of these pharmaceutical drugs and get on things that are, are natural. So I um <laughs> I don't know. I just like I said, if if we're aware that we have an issue, a clotting issue in the first place, you know, there are vitamins and supplements that can really, really help to bring our blood back to where it's supposed to be or, or help it to be healthy. And then we have the hemorrhagic stroke, which is apoplexy. It c- occurs when an artery is ruptured, causing swelling, pressure, and damage to the brain. Like, obviously, then you have bleeding on the brain, which, you know, again, it can heal itself off. But if it doesn't, then... The prognosis is not good. Signs and symptoms of a stroke include trouble speaking and understanding what others are saying. Um, There may be some confusion, slurred words, or difficulty understanding speech. Paralysis or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Um, Someone may, you know, just have a sudden numbness or weakness. They can faint. They can go unconscious. And when they wake up, they have trouble using that side of their body or, you know, up... um, just an arm or just a leg. It can be any part of the body. If one arm begins to fall down, for instance, you may be having a stroke. Also, the side of the mouth can droop or when you try to smile. Of course, there's what they call Bell's palsy, which is a nerve, not a stroke. So that is totally different, but at the same time, you know, it can be a frightful situation. Um, Problems seen with both eyes. You may suddenly have blurred or blackened vision in one or both eyes or see double. Headache, sudden severe headache which may be accompanied by vomiting, dizziness, or altered consciousness, may indicate that there could be a stroke happening, trouble walking, um, stumbling, or losing their balance, or may have a sudden dizziness or loss of coordination. So the medical industry has come up with what they call FAST, and if you do these things, like if you see someone that might be having a, you suspect possibly they're having a stroke, you're to do these four things that will help you to assess very quickly what's going on, and then you call 911. So, the face ask the person to smile. Does the side of the face droop? Okay. The second thing, arms ask the person to raise both arms. Does one arm drift downward, or is one arm unable to raise? Speech uh, ask the person to repeat a simple phrase in his or her speech. Is his or her speech slurred or strange? And then time. If you observe any of these signs, call nine one one or emergency medical help immediately. So F A S T fast, face, arms, speech, time. Okay. So like I said, the you call you call for medical help, and like I said, uh, they can assess things very quickly. Some people can be helped. Some people um, not so much. So, but I wanted to talk about the, probably the number one reason that people have uh, apoplexy or strokes. You know, the old saying, hey, Uncle John was never sick a day in his life, and then he just up and died one day. Chances are Uncle John had a stroke, right? (laughs) Okay, back in the good old days, we, um, you know, it's just, anyway. But 35 to 50% of all stroke victims actually have clinical hypertension. And then we know hypertension or high blood pressure to be you know, that what we call that silent killer type of thing. But there's so many things. And I put, I put um, rubrics here. I put a rubric here, clinical hypertension, and then clinical hypertension in old people. Um, and I, I put that here so that you could see the number of remedies. There's so many remedies. Again, you're always going to look at the constitution of the person. If you have someone that you know and love that has high blood pressure, there's I would definitely see a homeopath to try and find their constitution Help them find their trigger because like anything, you know, you. <laughs> there's different types of people in this world, right? And people with high blood pressure tend to be the people that hold things in. All right. They don't let their, they don't blow their top like people with maybe liver issues or whatever. They're going to be, if they get upset or they're embarrassed or they're angry or they're sad or they're anything going on in their life, what do they do? They be quiet. They just shut up. They don't say anything, and they hold it in. Well, the, you know, after a while, that blood literally starts to boil, folks. <laughs> and so the thing is, is if we can ha- find a constitutional remedy for those persons, then that is really helpful so that it helps to bring balance. Um, and I encourage, always encourage people to talk. And, I mean, I'm that's kind of a two-edged sword because I've always... <laughs> I have a person in my life, I'm always saying, you just need to learn to talk about it. Why don't you just tell me what you're thinking, you know? And then when they start to tell you what you're thinking, it's like, stop yelling at me. <laughs> so like I said, it's too much short. But it's that's what's good for their health is that they can express themselves. Don't let people keep things trapped inside because it really does wreak havoc. They need to be able to process, even if it's just to talk it out, they need to be able to process why they feel angry or why they feel sad or why they feel you know anxious or why they feel these ways. And so that really helps in and of itself. Also another thing that I've found really really helps is that if they can get some cranial sacral work done and that myofascial unwinding that we do. I know we we have this class we're going to be teaching this class on our on our website here shortly but and it's just amazing. We have we've had Dr. Carol Phillips on and She will. I'll actually have her talk about this too. I'll do a podcast with her again and have her talk about how cranial sacral myofascial unwinding can really help to even bring down a person's blood pressure, because that the vagus nerve, um, you have a better exchange of body fluids into the into the head and all the way down into the body, and when you have that better exchange, nothing gets trapped, because you can actually have higher blood pressure due to Tension in that vagus nerve area, and the, and so when that happens, you have to have a higher blood pressure in order for the, the exchange of fluids. You can have hot spots on top of your head, even because the exchange isn't fluid like it's supposed to be. So there's just a lot of different things a person can do. Um, mostly, they need to figure out what their triggers are and find out a good way to help release that pressure, um, release that anxiety or that anxiousness within their body. Because, like I said, it can, be, it can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be all different sorts of reasons that they're holding that in. And so I say get to the bottom of it and get that blood pressure down naturally, not from drugs, because that doesn't eliminate the problem. It's not, the, it's not getting rid of the cause. You, you can bring it down artificially, but like I said, it's not the cause. And so that's still going on in the inside of that body, and you're still going to have that turmoil. And they're still going to be subject to issues, all right? Okay. So I threw the clinical hypertension in here just so you can understand that. And then I started pulling other rubrics. I did highlight I did highlight a few remedies themselves. I didn't I didn't differentiate between the different symptoms, but I'll talk well let's talk about some of the things that I pulled. So first of all, I pulled the rubric clinical apoplexy. So this would be the hemorrhagic stroke, and there are about 200 remedies listed for this for this rubric um and i'm just going to name the ones that are the most popular and the and highlighted in bold that's aconite anacardium apis ernica aster rub, belladonna bryonia cactus burrito coculus, cocculus coffea glonium hyoscyamus, lachesis ipecac loroceros nux vomica pulsatilla opium phosphorus plumbum stromonium strontium carb baratrum. So those are some of the main remedies that you're going to think of in a hemorrhagic situation. So if we go down further and we pull head hemorrhage brain, so you have that apop- apoplexy in the brain. Again, it's a smaller rubric. It's aconite, belladonna, bothrops, which is the yellow viper, calcarb, Gelsemium, lachesis, Hamellus, ipecac, and opium. So those are the remedies you're going to think of for hemorrhage in the brain. And of course we continue on and we pull some more rubrics. Head, congestion, hyperemia, apoplexy, in-threatening apoplexy. So if you suspect someone is starting to have symptoms and you suspect they're having a stroke, some of the remedies that you can give are Arnica, Belladonna, Coffia, Glonium, Strontium Carb, Brachium Varide, head, numbness, insensibility, Before before apoplexy, is bufo clinical apoplexy during a headache belladonna glonium sepia head headache pain burning smarting up before apoplexy asterobe head pain headache stitching on the sides on the right side before apoplexy silica mind unconsciousness coma in apoplexy with difficult respiration opium mind unconsciousness coma as before apoplexy Calecyonata and lachesis. Mind, loss of will after apoplexy, anacardium. Vertigo, before apoplexy, glonium, lachesis, zincum. Vertigo in apoplexy, vomica, sepia, cuprum. Eyes, twitching in apoplexy, cuprum. Generalities, gait, staggering, tottering, wavering in apoplexy, belladonna. Head, congestion, hyperemia, in threatening apoplexy. Arnica, belladonna, Coffea, glonium, strontium carb, veratrum viride. Okay, and I've pulled a lot more here, and I'm just gonna leave them in the notes here for um, our members on this printable. But you get the general idea. There's so many things you can do. Um, like I said, we all know that hypertension is the silent killer, and all these other different diseases that we have wreak havoc on our bodies. And I will say that when we're on pharmaceuticals, it affects so many things in our in our body. The all this, the all the systems of our body are so delicate. And so when we're on a pharmaceutical drug, it's it's not a natural whole food herb or natural whole food vitamin. It, what happens when you know God in His wisdom, He has given us foods and herbs and things like that in their whole form, and we are to take them in their whole form because they have all the constituents in there that are beneficial to our body's systems. But, of course, there's no, you can't patent what's natural. So the pharmaceuticals take a constituent out, and they give that because it does have an effect on the body. And You know, like I said, a a blood thinner or things like that that have the effect, but it's not in its whole form. And so, therefore, you're going to have a lot of side effects. If you find something in its whole food form, like willow bark or things like that, that are a natural blood thinner Then it's not going to be harmful because you're not going to have the side effects because you've got all the whole food that God gave us So that's why I always encourage whole food supplements, whole food herbs, whole food everything so that we get it in the way God gave it to us and um, Anyway, the autoimmune diseases and things like that. What's going on? Why do our bodies not even know how they're supposed to be functioning? Most of the time it's because we're exposed to things we're not supposed to be exposed to and we're toxic and so our bodies are slowly sh- shutting down systems that <laughs> aren't supposed to be slowing down. Um, anyway, I just can't help, I just just learn the remedies in the sense that, just quickly grab it. If, you know, like we talked about heat stroke and belladonna, and that's when they're, they're dizzy, maybe even delirious. And it's the same symptoms for hemorrhagic stroke or uh, even an ischemic stroke. So the remedy itself doesn't change as far as the remedy picture. We're always looking for that throbbing, bursting, congested, red face, dilated eyes for the belladonna picture. Um, The glonium would be maybe pale face, but there's a lot of the same symptoms. So we're going to go through these remedies again quite quickly, actually, because being as though we talked about sunstroke and things like that, a lot of the same symptoms because you have have a lot of the same symptoms because you have that congestion in the head. You have that injury within the body that the body's trying to survive. And so it throws out symptoms. If you look at those symptoms and learn those few remedies, okay, I'm going to give this remedy right away. This is an emergency. I'm going to give this remedy. You give these remedies and that can help pull a person out of the abyss. They might be, they might be gone. If the, like I said, and never feel guilty. I mean, always call 911 and you do what you can do. It's out of your hands. It's always in God's hands but at least you will feel like you did what you could okay i will admit um, stroke is a very serious situation but it's i found out the hard way that it's a terrible thing when you don't know what direction to turn and what remedy to give in that split second when you're trying to help someone like i said everybody should have this first aid kit with these remedies in them because you can really help someone in those first moments when they may or may not be having a stroke or they may or may not be having something going on, but if they've got the symptoms, you treat their symptoms. Okay. So the first thing obviously is you're always going to give that belladonna remedy. Um, this is always one of my favorites. This is what uh, our doctor talks to us about One of our favorites, when it's anything to do with circulation or sphincters, the enlargement of the arteries, um, whether it be the brain or any other part of the body, there's, there's convulsions. There can be convulsions or congestion of the venous system. There can be violent symptoms and behavior with facial flushing and cold extremities. You can compare belladonna with remedies in the same plant family, like stramonium or hyoscyamus. Like I said, belladonna is the number one remedy to reach for in a stroke situation. Always give arnica, because arnica, if, if you're someone has symptoms, you don't know what's going on, but arnica will always, always help to repair any sort of injury within the body, stroke or even apoplexy. Secuta virosa, this remedy has violent convulsions and spasms with an arching spine. In other words, arching backward. Um, There can be catalepsy or screaming, headaches, dullness, sadness, memory loss, mental and developmental retardation and post-traumatic vertigo. Cupram, when there is cerebral contusion and interpericinal hemorrhage, with seizures, automatic chewing movements, gnashing of the teeth, gasping for breath, and most famous of all cuprin symptoms are the carpal spasms. That that can be the toes or the hands just go out, just spread out. Hypericum, uh, very often there's a need for this remedy when there are mental and emotional symptoms following any type of injury, depression, dullness, forgetfulness, hysteria, seizures due to head injury and spinal injuries. With Titanic rigidity, much like the Secutor virosa, the bending backwards, uh, starting um, from the spine. So hypericum. Anytime there's n- possible nerve damage, you're always going to look at hypericum. And gelsemium. We talked about this for the sunstrokes as well. Gelsemium. When pain, um, when the headache is in the occipital area of the head, great heaviness of the eyelids, weakness, poor muscle strength, and trembling limbs. And then we have the number one remedy, literally, for stroke, whether it be ischemic or hemorrhagic, is opium. When there is stupor and due to any type of head injury or stroke or apoplexy, shock. When the face is flushed, the jaw dropping, hot perspiration, apnea, hoarse breathing, narcolepsy, or the sleep is disturbed. Okay, and then we have Roostox, chronic convulsions, epileptic type, um, paralysis due to head injuries, headache, numbness, memory loss, grief, and post-traumatic vertigo. There's much restlessness with Roostox. Um The moving of the neck, body, and legs continuously, worse at night. Muscle tension, worse from cold or better heat. So it's not one that you first think of at all for a stroke or whether it be ischemic or hemorrhagic, but it is listed in bold. So whenever you think of this remedy, again, think of it when there's much restlessness, very much unlike the galsamium picture. So with that, I mean, that's as much as I can do, folks, as far as, you know, having these remedies on hand and knowing their symptom picture it's so important. I, I, I just can't stress that enough. But when in doubt, arnica and belladonna and opium. Those three remedies have them on hand for anyone with a you know with stroke type symptoms. You can waylay a lot of a lot of continued injury if you have those three remedies and you can give them. Like I say, I would always give arnica and belladonna. Bam, bam. Um, the opium, oddly enough, with opium there is a lot of there can be a lot of hemorrhage and things like that too. But it, it really helps with the and anything in the brain. But I would like I said, don't even hesitate to give the arnica and the belladonna and. Um, if there's, like I so say, you've got that ischemic, you've got something blocking in the brain, the um, belladonna helps to open things up. Um, arnica helps to heal. And then you can at least know you did what you could do and call, you know, have them do the fast treatment, you know, so that you can assess things very quickly. But always, like I said, any, any of these things, you know, the face, ask them to smile. The arms, ask them to raise both arms at the same time. Are they equal? Speech, ask them to say something simple. And then time call nine one one, and you know, like I said, do what you can with the remedies until help arrives because you won't be sorry. You'll, there's always a sense of satisfaction when you know you've done what God has allowed you to do. Never feel guilt. We can't feel guilt because we can't, we can only do what we understand. We can only do what we know. And so with that, I hope this has helped you. I know it's helped me just to talk about it and, uh,